When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi, the place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi, is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. Rippy on the other line, of course, is Greg the Meat Jar. Welcome into another edition of Fresh Cuts. Greg and I were having a little uh, game plan talk before we started recording. Got a lot to get into today, but uh, I guess the first bit of news is that I just screwed up our picks. My vacation last week, like, I don't know what our record is. Like, I lost the notebook that had our season-long record in it. I don't know what the hell we picked last week. That's like the first vacation I've ever taken... Well, definitely in my professional life during football season and probably just during football season. And I feel like like college football and football in particular is like the world that never stops turning. And I was out of pocket for like two days and I feel like I'm still playing catch up. So that's uh, that one's on me, Greg. So we're going to have to start fresh. Are you cool with that? Yeah, man. Uh, it's the fresh cut. So we might as well start out fresh, you know, like nothing ever happened. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Does anyone listening to this podcast actually give a damn what our season-long record is? Because, spoiler, not profitable. Well, we, we did, I think, go either – I think I went three and two because I think I had Tennessee and you had Kentucky as both the locks. But I think our locks, you went four and one, I went three and two, if I'm not mistaken. But outside of that, I was too lazy to go back and tally. It was work this week. I was already playing behind. You know when you go back to work after a vacation and you just really for a day and a half, you're just absolutely worthless. I mean, I was sitting in my cubicle uh, on Monday and was like, is my desk spinning or is that my head? Yeah, no, that's casual. That should, that's pretty much everybody's uh, cubicle uh, on Monday, I would think. I, I don't work in a cubicle. I don't know how that feels, but like – I'm pretty sure that I would be having the same spins in that cubicle with you. Yeah, it was uh, it was not great. And then my golf game just suffered completely from, I don't know, you know, 12, 13 of my friends hanging out on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, staying at a casino 
for three days. Read into that what you will, but I would just say the putts were not going down. Not only were the putts not going down, I got to like Saturday morning. Like we'd been there since Thursday night. Like you know, that's a, that's the second round of golf, and I went to go mark my ball on the first green, and I kind of felt myself tumbling forward a little bit, and I was like, all right, so we're just gonna be taking a knee every time we mark our ball now. Uh, center of gravity was off the rest of the weekend, so still recovering from that. Which uh, just we're just gonna wipe the slate clean. But good news is we have a hell of a slate this week. There's some uh, some really interesting games. But uh, before we get into that, what's up on your end? What's going on at the store? What's uh, what's happening? Uh, you know, we got Aubrey coming in this weekend, so it's going to be a home game, and there's not going to be a hurricane going through. So we should have some nice weather. And if you don't go to the game you can probably you know grill some uh, some some lbs on the on the grill and um you know uh but yeah there's some good action this weekend we got plenty of lane trains got plenty of fish got that spiny lobster back i got a little uh florida stone crab claws in and i got some scallops and some shrimp so uh so yeah we got plenty of fresh seafood in uh today and uh we'll be uh stocked to the brim uh all, all weekend long so um, yeah, come and get the goods. Is what's the weather like? I know 11 a.m. game in Oxford. Uh, for the sake of my post game pod, that's probably a good thing. Although I'll be laying pretty low, pretty low this weekend. But uh, <laughs> the weather's supposed to be good here. I think I may, may watch the game outside somewhere, do something fun. What's it like over there? Yeah, we've had actually some really nice weather. I went and played golf. Um, Monday uh, and man, it was uh, a solid 75 degrees and uh, not a cloud in the sky. And you know that uh, humidity temperature, uh, that humidity thermometer got uh, got turned down a little bit. So yeah, um, it's you know it's fall in the Mississippi and it's finally here. And uh, yeah, there's some good weather we got right now. Hopefully this weekend is going to be really good. It would be great for the Grove to be completely packed, but obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, but um, the thought is what counts, but yeah, um, it's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. Fall golf in the South is, is pretty proud. There's few better feelings on earth than rolling through 18 holes of golf and not breaking a sweat at all. You look up at the end of 18, you haven't sweated a lick. You feel better. It's just a fantastic feeling. That's the way it was all three days down on the coast. It was like mid seventies, like nice little breeze in your face. The weather was, uh, was awesome. That's always a good time, but it's also good football weather too. You kind of got me depressed uh, talking about the Grove. Like those are the perfect days tailgating or whatever, because you know, as fun as tailgating is, it's really not like, it's really just kind of a bummer when you're drenched in sweat, walking into the stadium for an afternoon game. And the whole day is just kind of muggy after that. But when you get that crisp fall weather, it's a game changer. It puts you in a better mood. I don't know if that's backed by science, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, uh, I, I'll have to agree with you on that for sure. Uh, you can't go wrong. I mean, of course, you know, everybody gets bummed about the 11 o'clock game because they got to be in the Grove at like 8 a.m., which, you know, there's no shame in that. You know, you can get some Bloody Marys and get some mimosas going and, you know, maybe get some little finger food action and enjoy yourself and not sweat and then, you know, walk to the game at about 1045. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But uh, it's, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, so that that's an interesting point you bring up because, you know, assuming we get back to normal and everything next year uh, and, you know, you have tailgating and you have full stadiums, hopefully there's a vaccine by that point. Like, not going into politics that end. Just assuming we're back to normal next year, I'm implementing a five-year moratorium on complaining 
about 11 a.m. kickoffs, which means you have to follow it because you listen to this podcast. So you are under this rule with this jurisdiction. If you complain about an 11 a.m. kickoff for the next half decade around me after what we've gone through this year, you're getting a swift kick in the crotch. Is that a fair rule? I mean, it seems yeah, pretty and, democratic. And, um, you can go ahead and do the crotch. I'm just going to do the shin because I've been hitting the shin, kicked in the shin before, and it's really not fun. So uh, you can go growing. I'll go shins. Yeah, that works. Like, the bottom line is, like, the, the letter of this law is that there will be violence. I don't want to hear any sort of complaint about 11 a.m. kickoff for the next five years. So, that being said, now that we've made – we feel like we make up a rule on this pod every other week, let's get into this. You know the drill. We are starting fresh. So this this era of fresh cuts is the official since I lost my notebook and went on vacation. So, whatever our record is, we'll be – you know, profitable since the uh, the infamous vacation where the notebook did not come home. So yeah, we, it's it's a new just, era. Uh, we we can do it like fresh cuts. Uh, BF, I mean uh, BV before vacation, and then a AV after vacation. You know, <laughs> part part of a part of fresh cuts died on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Hey, you know, that's, what, that's what happens on vacations, you know. You got you got uh, you got to press that refresh button and uh, and get back in the saddle. So, this is a this is a fresh start. I'm feeling re-energized. We're basically at the halfway point of the SEC season, anyway. So, from a college standpoint, what better time to uh, to have a fresh start? Let's get rolling into these things. These are in uh, no really particular order in terms of time. You know the rules at this point. We're going to get five locks. I'm writing them down in a brand new notebook. Let's uh, let's get rolling. The uh, dumbest scheduling game we have probably, in, definitely in college football, in sports, it screws up so many. We're robbed of so many other good rivalries in the SEC because of this game because Tennessee and Alabama have to play each other every year, and it has to be the third Saturday in October. Like, Tennessee hasn't been relevant since I was still in diapers and not potty trained. Slightly better potty trained at six, 26 years old, but definitely out of diapers. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. That being said, Tennessee's getting three touchdowns at home against Alabama. Gross line here. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and go with a lock right here out the gate. I'm going with Alabama. I mean, after um, after uh, watching that third quarter against Georgia and then the first half against Kentucky, which Kentucky just came out and just blitzed them bad. I mean, it was – I mean, I think it was 28 to nothing at halftime. So, uh, you know, Tennessee is not uh, – <laughs> Is not going to be uh, your whenever they were good Tennessee. So whenever that was, but uh, feels like yeah. '98, Greg. Okay, well, I, when I gra- yes, whenever I graduated high school. So I mean, yes, they haven't been relevant since the last decade, last century, and I don't see them being relevant anytime soon. So uh, I'm going to go first out the get. I'm going to take one of my locks, and and the tide just absolutely roll here. That's what they like to say, right? Every time it seems like Tennessee's back, it feels like 98. It's almost become like a, a parody of itself at this point. Like other fan bases love to scream it every time, every time Tennessee gets, gets their ass kicked or whatever. I am actually going to go the other way here. And I'm really just doing this flying in the complete face of logic. Tennessee has looked horrible the last two weeks. You know, you had the second half choke against Georgia. I figured they'd rebound against Kentucky. And they really just got absolutely demolished. Uh, from start to finish in that game run over, it was a really terrible showing. I saw uh, Kentucky Sports Radio reported earlier this week that uh, Jeremy Pruitt, 
So the defensive line coach got fired. There yes. was a rumor going around that he fired him during the game. Did you correct. see this? Apparently, yes, he asked him just during the game. Yes, well, uh, we uh, we uh, did a uh, the podcast with Neil this morning, and he, and he literally said he told his daughter, "Okay, now one of Tennessee's coaches got fired in the middle of the game, so she ended up not taking Tennessee, and she's on Alabama too. So uh, just strictly before that reason, but yes, you're correct. They did fire." one guy in the middle of the game. That's a, I don't even know if I respect that move. Like, if, if you know me, you know I just absolutely hate being an a-hole. Uh, but I don't even I don't even know if, if I can get on board with this. That is just savage. Um, but I'm going Tennessee here. Alabama's coming off a huge win against Georgia. Like I don't necessarily see this game being in doubt, but like Pruitt needs to kind of pull one pull one out of his butt for the lack of a better term here and put together a respectable showing. I'll, I'll take the three touchdowns at home against Tennessee and uh, get this started off on the right foot. So you went lock here. So I'm yeah, straight out the gate, man. I mean, did you have you seen that Giratano or whatever? Uh, have you seen him throw a football? He has not been good the last month, and that's a, kind of the, the the fallacy with Tennessee, where right? I was like they had the whole nation's longest winning streak or whatever. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like, go look at who they beat during that streak. It was no one good. It started with Mississippi State and ended last year with Indiana, and then they didn't really beat anyone great this year. So I'm kind of with you. I'm, this is That's just one of those picks I'm throwing at the wall just because in the face of all logic, it just yeah, seems. Uh, but I, I agree with you on taking Tennessee here. It's just it's a big game for them. They kind of knock it on their schedule, and that's kind of one of those, uh, you know, uh, write-in rivalry games that they want to have because you, they don't want to be rivals with K- Kentucky, I guess, whatever. But, um, yeah, I can see it being a close game. But, man, Alabama's just going to be too good, man. I think it's, I think it's going to be three to four touchdowns easy. 11 a.m. game, Ole Miss and Auburn. Uh, this line, I think, has dropped a decent bit. If I'm not mistaken, I, I can't remember off the top of my head what it came out at on Sunday. But uh, Ole Miss is now plus three and a half on this thing I'm looking at. Was that higher when it first came out, Greg? I can't remember. No, it opened at three and a half. I don't think. Okay, it so it's it's settled in nicely. I, for whatever reason, I thought it was like Auburn minus five. I I probably just made that up. Where are you going here, man? You know, uh, I, I know that Ole Miss laid a big egg in, last weekend, and you know that that's unex- that was a kind of expected just because Arkansas has really had Ole Miss's number regardless of who the coach is and who the quarterback is. And you can look that up in the history books. Um, There's been a lot better Ole Miss teams going to Arkansas and laying bigger eggs than that. But, you know, they had a chance to win the game after six interceptions and had the ball with, you know, down, down, you know, down six points to win the game. And uh, with all with, I mean, if you would have told me that they were going to have six interceptions and a chance to win the game, I would say you're, you're smooth crazy, but with that being said, I, I just think Matt Corral gets back on track. I think they play better at home. Um, I just, I'm just going to chalk that up as, a, as you know, put a line through it and uh, you know, uh, start over fresh uh, on Monday. I mean, I know that Kiffin did mention the Arkansas game in an interview Wednesday, but you know, you got to throw that away. I mean, it's it's done with. You can't. I mean, you know that first that first fourth down goal stand. You know, it puts a bad taste in your mouth and it kind of makes you think that, okay, man, we're, if we can't – first of all, on the fourth and one, I think every team should have a goal line package where the quarterback gets under the center, the they've got a 300-pound a fullback, you know, leading the way, 
I mean, just try it once. And if they don't, I mean, that's, I'm just not a big fan of shotgun on the one yard line, you know, snapping it back. And that's just how that offense works. So anyway, long story short, I really think um, Ole Miss gets back on track. Um, I, I, I think, you know, I'm still going to hold hold to it. And I think that Bo Nix is overrated. And I definitely think that, that Auburn's going to be put, paying Mills on for, you know, the next five, six, seven years. So um, I, I say uh, Ole Miss gets back on track and let's take the revs and the, uh, and the points here. Yeah, so this is probably a good time for me to just go ahead and get this one out here. So obviously last week I was on vacation. It was kind of up in the air whether I was going to do the post-game podcast with Colin. It just kind of depended on my schedule. Like the game got out of control. Ben said he didn't need it. But long story short, I uh, that's probably the first Ole Miss game. So we were out in the middle of nowhere and couldn't get the, the TV to work. Or on our phone, I should say, at the golf course. So that's probably the first game. I was trying to think back. Last Saturday, Ole Miss game, I did not watch a single snap of since, I think since 2011, the week after Houston Nutt got fired, Ole Miss played Louisiana Tech in Oxford, got beat 27-7 to in what was still probably the saddest Ole Miss like, atmosphere yeah, that, was, that, that, that ever was existed. I think that was uh, homecoming. Yeah, remember that he gets fired against Kentucky. They have the bright idea to let him coach out the last three games, and La Tech just stomps him. I did not attend Oxford that week, and I did not watch a snap of that game. Last week was probably the first time since that day, so that's November of 2011, that I did not watch a snap of an Ole Miss game. And what a like ca- like cataclysmic time, I guess, for me to not watch it, because like Colin and I have been the biggest Matt Corral stands. I think he'll probably find. We kind of rubbed everyone's nose in it after he played one of the first three games. And I almost felt like I was like shirking the music by not having a pod, not having a Sunday column to go back as I was flying back to Texas. So I felt like I was just like not facing the music. But uh, programming note, Colin and I will be back to normal. We will have our regular post-game podcast this coming week. Back to normal. No more vacations for me. We will address last week probably as well as the Auburn game. But uh, in case you were wondering, in case you were wanting to throw some uh, hate mail my way for the corral thing, uh, yeah, I'll address it, address it there. But, man, like I got a couple texts getting off the property because they all came in at once because there wasn't much service. And, and I, there was, someone was like, what the hell? You know, 50 texts rolling. What's wrong with Matt Corral? Like, he threw six picks. And I was like, surely that's an exaggeration. And then I get back to my hotel room. It's like, oh, he actually threw six picks. Watched bits and pieces of it recorded on Sunday when I got back home. Just, uh, just really bizarre. I mean, that Barry Odom's a good defensive coordinator, but those zone concepts just absolutely ate him up uh, to the point where he almost looked unrecognizable. You know, there were a couple games. He looked like that first half against Cal where he was just really all out of sorts, missing throws, telegraphing passes. Anyway, that's kind of a synopsis of the Matt Corral analysis from last week from a game I didn't watch live. That being said, back to normal this week. I'll go Ole Miss here. I think they rebound. I think Auburn's in a fragile place. I think Bo Nix is. Uh, if you'll go listen to my Wednesday podcast where I had uh, Jordan Hill on of the Opelika Auburn News, really good conversation. He kind of got into Nick's playing bad on the road, Auburn's defensive line issues. I think Ole Miss rebounds with a win here because I don't think they're going to get their pants pulled down two weeks in a row from a skiing standpoint. So that was a lot of words at once, but I'll go Ole Miss here as well. So we're both Ole Miss on that one. Be sure to tune in to Colin and I's post-game pod back to normal on Saturday after the game. So, yeah, and before anyway. and before we go to the next pick, I will say I had 
a listener come in and ask for the uh, the, the KB84 ribeye sausage uh, special. Oh, hell yeah. So, pe- so other people other than my mom listen to this yes. podcast. I, know, I, I, gave, I, mean, I gave I gave a I really think we have at least 10. I like, I'm really, I, and I'm, I'm really kind of almost 100%. We have 10 listeners out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a party in here. The, uh, <laughs> I gave a listener shout out last week. I don't really have one this week, just mostly out of unpreparedness. So I uh, shout out to my mom who I don't even think listens to this, but anyway, um, next one, we got 6 PM game. Weird one here. Actually, this could be sneaky fun. LSU, South Carolina in Baton Rouge. South Carolina gets the big win against Auburn last week, so Auburn kind of melted in the second half. Uh, LSU, you know, has the co- – uh, Auburn. I should say Florida had the COVID issues last week. LSU was affected by it because they couldn't play Florida. Miles Brennan is out. So LSU has two guys that, uh, that have never taken a snap at quarterback. They're going to split time at quarterback this week. Doesn't it feel like a trap to pick South Carolina here? Like, why yeah. in the world would you put money on LSU? Just curious. Like – I'm just going to go LSU just because. And I guarantee if it comes down to it on Saturday, I'll get my convince myself, you know, must champ LSU sucks, like throw it on South Carolina. But it feels like a trap. So against all logic here, I'll actually go LSU just because it well, makes no sense. Everyone, why would you bet on them? Well, you know, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, it seems like Coach Ogeron uh, isn't really uh, much on coaching his, uh, his football team right now. It seems like he's got some other extra uh, – uh, activities going on have you seen the that picture yeah that was uh that was quite the sack hey you know touche coach o you know i know you can't uh not nobody understand what you're saying but uh you know touche touche uh, i'm gonna uh, bet his, his his phonics and phonetics don't get any clearer in the bedroom but i'm just saying <laughs> uh i guess uh i mean you know i guess there's a reason why they call him coach o. um man <laughs> I, I, you know, in all honestly, I, I, I'm going to take this trap. Uh, I'm going to take the South Carolina. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, th- I actually just want to take the money line. I, I'm, I'm good on the points. I think that, I think that, you know, LSU has some issues, and I think it's a, a coaching issue. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, you know, they did lose a lot of good coordinators and stuff from last year's team, and they also lost a bunch of All Americans and. Uh, who actually? Let's see. I think a bunch of NFL, uh, a bunch of NFL categories are led by uh, rookie LSU, uh, former LSU players. So that was a good team last year, and uh, you know I, I think that they're struggling to uh, find their identity. And um, that South Carolina team has some momentum, and you can't uh, can't not want to take the momentum. So let's go with the money line here. Let's go. South Carolina money line instead of the six and a half. Wow. Don't even need the uh, points. So for the sake of our picks, I'll give you both. Yeah. I mean, for I'm sure. going to put a little money I mean, on. I'll take money line and points. I mean, it's, I mean, but you know, I just, like I said, South Carolina is playing some good ball right now. And I would never have thought that, you know, Muschamp would have, you know, um, uh, uh, done good there. And, you know, he's hung around and uh, he's uh, uh, produced a decent program. So, I think they've uh, kind of found themselves a little bit, and uh, I like them. I like them a lot this weekend. Light SEC schedule this week was Florida. Did you do? You, know, you may not know this off the top of your head, and I'm the one with the computer in front of me. Was Florida supposed to play this week? Because I know they have the huge COVID issues, and it probably wasn't happening anyway. Um, I think they were off this week. I think they were off this week, which I think that's kind of why they moved the LSU game because of that. 
Okay, so that's actually kind of convenient because I think Vanderbilt's the same way. I saw uh, Derek Mason said that they weren't still at the COVID threshold earlier today, like to play the 53-man requirement. And I think they had a design by this week as well. No, yeah, they did. So both teams with COVID issues actually had uh, previously scheduled bye weeks this week, which is very fortunate for the SEC to not have to continue to move that around. But be that as it may, uh, my point being is there's only four SEC games this week. And the last one that we have is Missouri-Kentucky. Kentucky's minus five and a half against Missouri on the road in Columbia. Kentucky coming off a big win. Last time we saw Missouri, uh, they were beating LSU. Goal line stand at the end. I don't really know what to do with this one. I guess I'll go Kentucky because I think LSU's just that bad, to be honest. Like, I'm just not that impressed with Missouri. I was more impressed with Kentucky doing what they did to Tennessee. So I'll go UK here. And I didn't use any of my locks in college. Yeah, I'll I'll have to agree with you on this on the Kentucky. I mean, you know, we started the podcast out with uh, you know Kentucky being a sleeper contender to you know to win the East, and you know they had a bad. Um, honestly, they had a bad break in Auburn. You know, they had a touchdown that was taken away, but and that went back for ninety some odd yards. So, uh, you know, called a bad break, and of course Kentucky's and, good. They got screwed early yes, in the year. They're yes. good. Yes, and I think that they kind of took the. Um, the comeback victory um, against Ole, uh, by Ole Miss, I think they kind of took that to heart. And, you know, and Stoops is a good coach. He's done a, done a really good job with a Kentucky program that mo- most uh, fans are waiting for basketball season to start. So, you know, there's, a, there, there's some positivity going on. I think they found their stride, and I think they absolutely roll. I think that, that I think they win by two, if not three touchdowns. And I'm, I'm going to go – a lock on uh, on this, so I'm gonna go ahead and use two two locks in the in the first get. So I'm gonna go with a lock on uh, on a uh, Kentucky to roll. I like that one as well. Honestly, I, I I like the more and more you talked, it talked me into it. I really do think Kentucky's good because you even them losing the way they lost to Auburn week one, as I made the point on the pod. I think at the time it's like you kind of walked away. It's like they lost by double digits, but you were like, I still think Kentucky is a better team. That game was weird. You had to watch it to understand. But I was over a month ago at this point. I like it. So you got three locks left. I have five to spend on these NFL games. And, buddy, we have some weird matchups. So I am, uh, I'm ready to get weird on this NFL slate. Uh, we're going to start off with the game that's about to kick off here, about 25 minutes uh, as of us recording. So this is the uh, wake-up-a-winner pick, I believe, is what we've been calling it. A disgusting Thursday night matchup. And I'm going to break our own rules. I th- okay, so – can we amend the rule, the New York rule? Yeah, we can. We can. I mean, you it, know. I think it should the, just the, pertain to the Jets. Yeah. Because the Jets yes. have put themselves in a different category than the Giants. Is that fair to say at this point? Yes, I What the say, Jets I mean, did to Miami last week was disgusting. Oh. I've was, never seen that. That was uh, that was the best bet I had all, sun, uh, all Sunday long was I literally was like, why are the Dolphins favored by almost 10 points against the Jets? And I just realized that the Jets were that bad. I mean, it – they're zero and six. If you bet them all six weeks against them all six weeks, you'd be six and zero. And you, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, you go through their schedule. There hasn't been a sweat. I don't think they've covered one. They've gotten within four points of a spread. I was there. You can actually, they actually have covered. I think, uh, you know, there's an alternate line to where you know it, you can take the if there if somebody's favored. Three and a half, you can take them um, minus 14 and a half and you get, you know, extra juice on it. Um, that that It was that bad. Okay, so 
anyway, we'll get to the Giants Jets in a second, but like a quick sidebar on the Jets. I keep seeing all these talk shows and, you know, the hot take shows is like, how does Adam Gase still have his job? He's the worst NFL head coach ever. Like, how in the world does Adam Gase, how is he not fired? How have they not fired him in season? Okay, so if you're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, isn't Adam Gase your best <laughs> asset in getting there? If you yeah. really want to be the worst team in the NFL, why not let Adam Gase keep coaching your football team? Because if you fire him and the interim coach is good and you start winning, you're screwing yourselves out of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, that's kind of what the, the Dolphins ran into last year, you know. I mean, they were already secured with the picks, but, um, you know, they they were winning and competing, you know. Um, it's just hard to lay down. I, I just I, – I just – these people, these guys have been playing football since they were five and six. It's just hard to be like, okay, we're gonna, you know, not win today, okay, guys, you know, because we need to. <laughs> and they're well coached. We need to draft this college kid that hasn't seen one NFL defensive end come off the end, hasn't seen one quarterback break on a on a route. You know, it's just it's a tough call to do, man. I mean, you know. I, I think, you know, it is what it is with the Jets. They're a bad franchise. They've got, you know, I don't think they have the right coach. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't know if you've seen that guy walk in and whenever they introduced him, he looked like, uh, I don't know, a deer in the headlights almost. So uh, I honestly think that, you know, whoever is smart and will pay money to get Eric Benemy from uh, Kansas City would be the most wisest move of any NFL franchise can do. That being said, we went off on a Jets tangent about to do a Giants game. So this game, obviously, will by the time your uh, our listeners listen to this, will have already happened. But I'm going to throw a lock here on the Wake Up a Winner game. This is a disgusting Thursday night game. Giants-Eagles. Giants are plus five. I actually like the New York football Giants here because if you've ever ridden with the Eagles, it's a, it, particularly in this year, it's an absolutely miserable experience. Just uh, miserable. Both yeah. of these teams really aren't that fun. But I just don't think the Eagles are like five points better than anyone right now. So I am actually throwing a lock on the New York football Giants. And shame me if you must, but I just I don't buy it. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, you know, they showed the they uh, showed the uh, highlights of the Ravens Eagles game last weekend, and it was uh, the guys fighting in the stands, and then one guy ended up having a bird in a bowl with some food. And uh, so yeah, I mean, that was the highlights of that game. So. Uh, you know, uh, tough times in Philadelphia, and the fans uh, are not the the type of fans to be uh, pulling a stinker on. So, I, I you know, w- since we've revoked the rule and we've uh, established that this is a uh, we don't bet on the New York Jets uh, podcast, I'm gonna go with you on this. I, I, let's let's see if we can't wake up a winner uh, with the New York Football Giants uh, in the morning. So. But I'm going to hold on to my other two uh, locks. But I, I have to agree with you. That's a that's a good play on the lock on one of your locks. Twelve o'clock game on Sunday: the Bengals and the Browns. Uh, it's Cincinnati plus three at home against the Browns. I feel like all of like the hot money. I say hot money, not meaning any sort of thing. I guess the all of the amateur like money is uh, probably going to go on the Bengals here, right? Because Mayfield and the Browns just embarrassed themselves at Pittsburgh last week. It's almost like people forgot they beat a pretty good Colts team two weeks ago. Like, you know, Burrow's kind of frisky. They've played around here. I think most of the public is going to be going on the Bengals. I don't have any evidence in front of me to back that up. But Bengals feel like a sexy pick here, so I actually go Cleveland. Because the Browns, Baker Mayfield, to his credit, like, 
the like where Baker gets all the bad storylines is when they play anyone with a pulse that's any good and they just get creamed and it's like this guy's not a number one overall pick. But to Baker's credit, he beats bad teams. So I'm gonna go Browns here. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I know you were on the Browns last week for sure, and I know that one of my locks was Pittsburgh. Um, that man, I mean, Pittsburgh absolutely rolled, and it's just like you just uh, made the comment. You know, Baker looks really good against bad teams, and then when they play somebody that has a decent defense, you know, the book is out on the guy, you know, and it, I just hate to say it, and golly, I'm looking for a fantasy quarterback this week, and I think I picked him up on waiver wire, so, uh, man, I, I'm going to stick with Joe Burrow, man. I mean, there was a horse today that ran at Keeneland in the ninth race named Burrow. I mean, I, I, I bet on him, and he finished second, you know, it's because – He's a winner. I think Joe Burrow is a winner. I think that hopefully uh, they can get some offensive linemen to protect him so he can at least um, be in the NFL for more than eight years. So I like Cincinnati a lot on this. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Okay. I cannot believe this next line. And I, I, it, it may be a little bit of an overreaction in that Sunday night football game. I, I, I seriously cannot believe this line. Washington professional football team at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Just if you had to guess without looking, what would you guess this line is? Uh, you know, I would say probably Cowboys minus three. It's a pick em. Yeah, man. And That's it, unbelievable uh, to me. Isn't Kyle Allen playing uh, starting for uh, for the Washington football yeah, and, and he's at least competent, and so I get it because Washington's got a pretty good defense. And honestly, watch if you if you learn anything from that Monday Night Football game last week, watching the Cowboys and the Cardinals, it's one that one Kyler Murray is pretty good, but if you don't have an offensive line in professional football or really any level of football, you don't have a chance. You really just don't have a chance if you can't block the people. I mean, this is a complicated game, but in this sense, it's not. If you can't block the people in front of you, you have no prayer. And the Cowboys have really to no fault of their own in that sense. I know they're not a very well-coached team. Two things can be true at once. But, like, they've had so many injuries on the offensive line, they don't have a prayer. I mean, Andy Dalton didn't play well last week, but he also didn't play terrible and was just getting absolutely – I thought Buda Baker was going to kill Andy Dalton. I was like, get the, they've got to get one of these two guys out of the game because I think he might kill him. Like, the red rifle will no longer be with us. So, I get that's why it is, and I'll go – I'll stay away from the Vegas trap. To, screw it. The Washington football team. Why, yeah. why not? My three uh, picks so far are the Giants, the Washington football team, and the Browns. Full buddy off to the races this I Sunday. mean, yeah, man. I mean, you know uh... – Hey, uh, you know, we love sports. That's all I got to say is we love sports. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm trying not to agree with you, but, uh, you know, the playbook is so basic with Andy Dalton. I mean, you know, he's going to try to get in that shotgun set like Dak does and hand it off, and it's just not as, I don't know, it's just not there for it, and it's just a, a bad look. I'm a, the last interception he threw was just, you know, tell, I mean, telegraph city you know and you just uh i think that uh jerry 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 jones is uh you know uh looking for options and you know he might have uh, not hired the uh the right coach on the situation but you know only time will tell i, I i'm i'm gonna have to agree with you i mean you know I, I i don't think the cowboys are a bad football team yeah i just <laughs> these next two games is one and the one we're about to get to 
But I, I mean, I, I will I, also say the Washington football team is a really bad team. Also, you know, <laughs> that's just uh, you know, get your half gallon of bourbon and you know, don't watch it. Yeah, I mean, like at least their defense is confident. Like Dallas's defense isn't even good. So I get that. Here's another gross one coming down another 12 o'clock game. At least we get four late games this week. They finally got that straight. Excuse me, three. I got my hopes up. Last week having two late games and one of them being uh, Jets-Dolphins was just an atrocity to humanity and just screwed the red zone, I might add. But anyway, next one, the the battle of, of the Chokers. This is a football game, but okay, I'll just go ahead and put the line out there first. It's Atlanta and Detroit. Atlanta is at home, and they're a two-and-a-half favorite against Detroit. And I swear to God, Greg, whatever team we pick here, I will feel better if they're down 10 points in the fourth quarter because I think that means the other team's going to blow it. Does that make any sense? I mean, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think, you know, I think this should – I think Atlanta and Detroit should offer to pay people to watch this game because I don't think anybody would ever want to put themselves in a situation to watch a game like this. I mean, you know, which team's going to melt first? Uh, man, Whew. Um, maybe uh, maybe a prescription of Xanax and uh, and free liquor uh, free liquor drinks would be like uh, offered to come to this game. You know, if if people could actually go to this game, uh, it's it's brutal. This is brutal. I mean, you know, this is but this is why we bet on every game is because we can. You know, and we I I, I you know I think Matt Patricia. Might kind of have it coming around. I think they're the better football team. I just want to flip a coin here. It comes up heads. Uh, we'll go with uh, Matt Patricia, Greg Jones lookalike. How about that? I'm actually going the same way. And the la- the second to last thing you just said sealed it. I think Detroit's actually a pretty good football team. Like, they're not that well coached and they inexplicably lose games. They're like the diet version of Atlanta. I would say they're the diet version of Atlanta of like the last two years. Cause I don't think Atlanta is actually a good football team this year. And that's partly injury related, but you know, the last couple of years since Atlanta's Super Bowl run, they've been a good football team that just kind of inexplicably loses games. Cause they're not that well coached. I think that's what Detroit is this year. So I'm with you and I'm actually, uh, I'll throw my second lock on Detroit here. So my two locks are on Detroit <laughs> and the New York football giants so far, but screw it, dude. I, yes. I actually like this. I think Detroit's actually good. I don't think Atlanta's good. I don't think Atlanta's trying. Detroit still has a prayer, particularly with the expanded playoffs. I think Detroit's actually decent, particularly when Kenny Galladay is healthy. So I'm with you Detroit here as well. Yeah. And you know, what's really funny about this whole deal is like how, did Atlanta get up 28 to three with, with into the, at the, at the third quarter against the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Like who, I mean, like was Matt Ryan just playing unbelievable that, 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 that year? I mean, league MVP. It was Kyle Shanahan effect. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, Kyle Shanahan left probably obviously. (laughs) Yeah. It takes a Niners job. The Falcons were good. And even the years after that, they had great talent. They just weren't well coached after that. But now I just don't think they're good. And it's partly injury wise. And now their coaching staff is decimated, but this, uh, this next one's a fascinating one to me. So my huge, like big lock, 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 lock times 12 last week. I loved Carolina minus one and a half against the bears at home last week. And so, you know what that meant naturally is the bear was won by like seven points. So that's about how things go. 
New Orleans is minus seven and a half at home this week. It doesn't look like Michael Thomas is going to play. He's still listed as questionable, but did not practice on Thursday. I like the Panthers here. I just think the Bears defense is good. People keep getting shocked that the Bears are winning games because their offense stinks, but their defense is elite. And you've seen it time and time again in the NFL. You know, you have a team that, you know, whenever they win ugly, odds are their defense is elite. And that's exactly what the Bears are. So that being said, I still think Carolina is pretty good. And I'm not really scared of New Orleans at this point. I like the Panthers here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big Saints fan here. And, and as each week goes by, you know, I, I honestly keep believing in the – they need to, um, you know, blow the thing up, you know, start over from scratch. I, I mean, I, I, I mean – I, I love Drew Brees, and, you know, I just – it's just not there anymore. I mean, you know, Kamara is probably – you know, you know they just signed Kamara to a five-year deal, probably working that out to where they're going to rebuild the team around him. I mean, I just don't think Tyson Hill is a, an elite – I mean, you're going to run into a situation uh, in Baltimore with, um, with Jackson. I mean, you just don't want to, you know, I don't know, show that hand on every single play and, like, not, you know – let let you know NFL defenses know that you know he's not a Patrick Mahomes and he can't you know he can't throw that you know perfect throw whenever it needs to be. I, I like Carolina here. I mean, I you know uh, I I never thought the New Orleans Saints would win a playoff game, much less uh, a Super Bowl. And you know it's just hard for me to act like you know act like what's the next step as a Saint fan. You know, we, are we going to build a dynasty? And like I said, I just think it's time to. Um, to press the reset button. So I'm going to go Carolina here. Um, I actually think that Carolina's probably going to win this game too. I'm throwing my third block here. I'm with you. I'm not as willing to go far money. Line. I just think seven and a half is too much. So that's my third block. I'm blowing it in three out of five games, but I actually feel pretty confident about that one. I'm with you. It's just too many points. The Saints don't scare me that bad anymore, particularly without Michael Thomas. And Carolina's good. They're like one of those teams where you can't name anyone on their defense. They're still kind of rebuilding, but they're good and they're well coached. This, uh, this next one will really just be gone in uh, in a sentence, Greg. It is the New York Jets plus 12 against the Bills. Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and just put this as my, one of my first NFL lock. Uh, I mean, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they got, you know, slipped up against Tennessee and, uh, you know, gotten beat against Kansas City last weekend. But Buffalo's a good team. Um, you know, I is it Kyle Allen? I mean, there's so many Allens out there, and they're all where, where Josh Allen. Okay, Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen's put a good, you know, good season together. You know, I know he struggled the last two weeks, but the last two teams he's played were, you know, good football teams. And uh, you know, you run into that sometimes, you know, and then you turn into, you know, show up to week seven and you're playing the New York Jets, and it's almost like a breath of fresh air. So I think he'll have all the time in the world to. Um, to do whatever he needs to do, and I, I say Buffalo Buffalo absolutely rolls here. That's not any good at this, is I think we've made it six weeks to this podcast, and I have not used my lock against the Jets one time. So yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how you know I suck at this. <laughs> it is what it is, but that, you know, but yeah, we, we probably just need to just change this thing to just doing it like one pick and just say just – uh, do a little spiel and just say, just bet against the Jets on every time. Next one's an interesting one. You've got Houston plus three and a half at home against the Packers. The the Packers last week get up 10 nothing against the Tampa Bay Bucks in a game that I really liked too. That was actually one of my locks. I said I loved Green Bay there. 
and of course they, you know, I, I go I go in the air like fly. This was a perfect like I fly. They just scored to make it ten nothing when I leave the tarmac at Gulfport, and then I fly and I get back to Dallas, and it says thirty eight ten, and I was like, that has to be messed up. That has to be a typo. They just got absolutely blitzed. Rodgers throws those two picks, and it just kind of gives up like he does sometimes. Like, just did not look like the same quarterback. I think they rebound here. I still believe in Green Bay. I think it was just one of those games where Tampa really needed it coming off the loss to Chicago. A lot more motivated. The Packers didn't need that game. They hadn't lost yet. It looked like Aaron threw those two picks in the first half and then just kind of rolled over. Um, Texans have shown some signs of life. They've looked better. They kind of coached themselves out of that game. Against the, uh, I mean, surely against the, you saw that the Titans last week, the go for two thing. I don't, do, I, I, I still don't understand that. They're de- I don't actually mind it. Their defense is horrible, and that's why I'll go ahead and get out of the way. But I'm taking the Packers. You, if they here. kick the field goal, they go up by eight points. I think that's how little faith he had in his defense. I would have kicked it. I'm in your camp, but like I actually understand his reasoning. It's like I'm going to go ahead and put the game away here. Because I think my defense is so bad that I don't think I can stop them and stop the two point conversion and us losing overtime. I mean, I mean, is, I mean, what are the percentages of you getting a two point conversion versus just kicking a field goal to go up by eight? I mean, like, surely they have a number that I mean, so they can probably pay somebody in the franchise that can figure something up like that. I mean, don't don't the coaches have the page thing when you go for two and don't go for two? I mean. What, what happened to that? I think the Texans' defense are so bad, they said, screw the percentages. Like I said, I don't agree with it, but I kind of understood his logic because their defense is atrocious. And that, my friend, is why I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you on that, and it's just hard for me to bet on the, the Texans here after that. Just, I don't, man, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, um, you know, the Texans are uh, – They've got a good quarterback. Obviously, they, you know, did a bonehead move uh, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, who is for sure a top five wide receiver in the NFL, which doesn't matter who you get in return or what you get in return. That's just something that you don't do. So, um, I, you know, I, 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 I really, really want to do the Green Bay and for them to bounce back because – but, I mean, you know, gosh – I'm just going to embarrass myself, and I'll take the Houston Texans. I'll do it. They've looked much better since they fired Bill O'Brien. I just they're like you mentioned with the Hopkins trade. That was kind of the final tumultuous piece. They they've got to start from scratch. And honestly, I know this is not how the NFL works, but if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking around. I guess I'll wait out and see who the next coach is. But if it's not someone I like, I would be like, please God, trade me. And I know that's not how the I mean, NFL but, but, works at I mean, all. But that's... man, you're wasting a hell of a talent. Yeah, and that's what's so tough about it is, like, you look at Deshaun Watson, like, where would he go to immediately impact a team to a Super Bowl contender? I mean, I mean, where could he go? I think any team, pretty much any team in the NFL you'd put him on, minus, like, the Jets. I think they'd be a perennial playoff team if Deshaun Watson was on the Giants because their defense isn't great, but it isn't laughable. Like I, you plug him on any team in the NFL, I think, and they're almost a, a Super Bowl playoff contender. I think he's that special. I just think they're so incompetent around him, and that defense sucks. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. And so, they had, and they've got JJ Watt on that defense. So we do get four late games. Like he, I, 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 there was one written under here that I couldn't find. So we do get four late games this week. A little bit more of a normal NFL schedule. 
is so anyway, first of the late games, Tampa Bay and Las Vegas. I cannot find this right. This this website I'm looking at does not hold on. Let me try to find it. It's somewhere else. I don't know why that came up the way it did. Well, it's gone offline. What is the deal with that? Why what what's happening here? No, I mean the only thing I can think of is Corona. Um Oh, uh, that's I, right. That's right. The Raiders have the corona issues. They have their offensive line that one guy got I mean, it, they sent I've the rest got, of them. On my site right now, I've got Tampa Bay minus four. I that and I like Oakland actually. Coming off a big win hangover well, I, Oakland, I should say. Las Vegas. Yeah, I was uh, like, who's Oak? Is of uh, the A still in the playoffs? I thought it was the t- the devil race. Oh, I like the, the uh the race. I like Vegas. I, I mean, I like Vegas here. I uh, I, I think man, Tampa's I want to go to Vegas. I want to go see that stadium. And man, I, I mean, we need the Roomba. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, the Death Star, whatever it's called. I like I Vegas here. You. I think they're more. I think Tampa's more talented, but I think Vegas needs the game worse. And they're coming off a big win against the uh, Chiefs. I think. Uh, it did yeah, because they had their bye week last week. Fourteen days for fair. Love love Vegas here. Yep, and this is a travel rule game for me also. So I mean, you know, I'm. Uh, uh, press the reset button on the travel rule games, but this is a travel rule game. This is an East Coast going to the West Coast, regardless if it's Vegas uh, versus uh, Tampa. Uh, I, I like uh, I like Tampa Bay a lot. I mean, uh, the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders a lot. I'm, I'm using my Raiders. fourth lock here. Oh wow! I'm trying to look at these last games, and I'm sitting here. I mean, I've got you got one left. left. No, I got two left. Did you not lock Buffalo? I think I just messed that up. Yes, yes, I got Buffalo as my lock. Yes, yes. Okay, did you lock Carolina? Uh, no, I did not. I just wanted. To I locked Carolina. That's what I did. Okay, yeah, so I messed that up. I yeah, think I've, I think I've got. Sheesh, up. Your Man, locks yeah. are your locks are Bama, Kentucky, the New York Football Giants, and Buffalo. Does that sound right? No, you didn't lock the Giants. I did. You You've got two left. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, yeah, no you my, do. Your your locks are Buffalo, Bama, and Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put it, I'll put this as my lock. Yeah. How about let's uh, cancel the four and let's give us the money line and the plus four. Uh, I actually like lock. that too. This smells like a game. I, Vegas's defense isn't that good, but this smells like like when the buff when the Bucks come off a game as the most penalized team in the NFL, not having any penalties. They do so much dumb shit. They are ripe to screw this up. This feels like a four turnover Jameis Winston almost type of game. The Bucks are going to screw this up. I, I like it here too. So we're both on Vegas on that one. Uh, this is I'm on the lock. This is my and that was my fourth lock. Oh, I locked it too. I threw my fourth lock at it as well. Oh, we can't have the same lock. Okay, yeah, we can because it's our podcast. Yeah, as so I'd say, that means it's the double lock. Whatever the hell you want to yeah, make of that, that probably is. means hammer Tampa. Uh, yeah, to be, actually, to be no, uh, no key to be found. Take the Las Las Vegas uh, Raiders to the bank. No key to be found. Double lock. Uh, this was a. I think the line change on this is why it's got moved below. But it, we're actually back to the last early game that I did not see earlier. Titan Steelers battle of undefeated teams. Probably the game of the weekend. Surprises is not in one of the marquee slots. Titans are minus one and a half at home. Um, I'm running with the Titans. I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm biased because I like the Titans. But uh, I'm going Tennessee here. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. Wouldn't shock me at all. Obviously, if the Steelers won. I mean, it's a point line. But like the Titans here. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, just 
just for uh, for shits and giggles, I'll take Pittsburgh just because, I mean, now, you know, ben, Big Ben uh, got a vacation last year and didn't get to play much. And so uh, I actually think it was actually decent for his career. And, you know, Pittsburgh's always had a really good defense. And um, I feel like they ha- might have a little bit better defense than the Titans. But uh, it should be a really good game. Uh, I definitely need – hopefully that's on the main channel somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, this is this game has the potential to be fantastic. These are two really good teams. I hate the fact that the Steelers lost Devin Bush because he's so important to that defense, but I think they'll still be okay. These teams are both awesome. I, I'm really excited about this one. That's going to be a fun game. The yeah, last, two good franchises, also for sure. I mean, that's that's why that's why these two teams are always good every year. I mean, you know, I know Pittsburgh had a rough year last year. You know, when Ben went down, but you know they, they didn't they didn't plan for that. So, um, but. Uh, long story short, two really good franchises. The uh, the last late game we have are the Chargers and the Jaguars. Kind of a gross game here. L.A. is minus seven and a half at home uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars are a team I keep convincing myself are quote-unquote frisky, but they have not won a game against week one, and I, their defense just kind of sucks as much as I love Minshew. But um, I'll ride them out one more time. I'll say too many points. Jacksonville, why not? Uh, that might become a rule next week. So uh, this is on rule watch because uh, if Jacksonville disgraces me again, we are I'm done with them. They're dead to me. So this has the potential to be a rule game. So this is their last shot. I'm warning them. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. But, you know, uh, t- uh, the Chargers have lost some really just bad games that they should have won. I mean, they should have beaten Kansas City. Uh, they should have. I'm trying to think what game they blew. I think it was New Orleans. Uh, they blew yeah, they game. blew New Orleans bad. Um, and you know, it's just uh, um, it, it's a it's a rookie quarterback learning the league. You know, learning the situation. Uh, Herbert's good. I, I think they I think they did a really good job. You know, uh, picking him up. I know they had to uh, jump a couple picks or whatnot, but uh, I think they did good with the Herbert pick. I, 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 I like I, I, I like the Chargers a lot here, and I'm trying not to use my last one, but, um, I, I, you know, I, I really love Mitchu a lot, but I just think that he's in a bad situation in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the franchise pick here. Uh, I, I like uh, Hubert here, and I'm going to take the Chargers for sure. And I'm just going to go ahead. These last little games we got going are – Tough ones to uh, put a, uh, a lock down on, so I'm going to use my last lock on the, uh, the the last travel rule of the week, and uh, we're going to do the superchargers. I like it. The Chargers are fun, like you said. They invent ways to lose games, but they have something in Herbert, and they're fun. Like they're they're kind of the fun bad team. They're really frisky, so I actually like that. So we'll um. So you got your last lock there. On the Chargers, our last game of the week is the Monday night game. I'm actually kind of stunned at this line. This is the uh, Bears uh, hosting the – excuse me. Oh, sorry. I had that in reverse. Rams hosting the Bears. Chicago is plus six. Rams are pretty good. Played like ass last week against the Niners. In a game the Niners really had to have. Like the Rams didn't have to have that. It's like one of your classic motivation games or whatever. But – um. I'll go to the Bears here. They keep finding ways to win games. And, like, Jared Goff kind of stinks against good defenses a lot of times. I'm uh, I'm going to go Bears here. And I'm going yeah. to my last lock. All right. Well, I, I like the Rams here. I mean, this is a travel rule. I'm go- I've am i got to stick to my um, to my, to my guns here. I mean, it's just uh, 
Um, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not going to not say anything bad about the Bears, but I'm gonna say a lot of good things about that Bear defense. And uh, when you can keep uh, your offense, of regardless of how bad or how good they are in the game, um, that that wins football games. And uh, I, I have to take my hat off to that Bears defense, but uh, I'm gonna go Rams here. I think I think uh, Rams are just. You know, like you were saying, San Francisco needed that game a little bit more than the Rams. And, you know, the Rams did not get hurt losing that game, even though it was a divisional game. But um, it should, um, I, I like the Rams here. Week seven in the books, Greg. We, we, got, uh, we got a couple more. We got the uh, – did we get Seattle and Arizona? Oh, I skipped Seattle and Arizona, didn't I? Yeah. How did I do that? It was right there in front of my face. I don't know what I did. Yeah. That's the Sunday night game. And that's. Oh, I had. And this this uh, site's got it out of order. That's right. So, uh, uh, sneaky good. And then uh, we also got the San Francisco and New England. That's the other one you missed. How did I miss two games? Where did that go? I don't know. Maybe you're just, you know, we're just trying to get this thing over with. But, you know, we, got, we, <laughs> yeah. can't, we can't be missing bets, man. We got I was going to say two of those are right in front of my face. I missed it. I think it was the two late, the early games that were written in the late slot on this website. Anyway, I mean, you that know, being said, we, we're going to chalk it up to 2020. I mean, it's just all messed up. So we're just going to, we're going to try to work with it. Cardinals plus three and a half Sunday night game at home against the Seattle Seahawks. I feel like the whole world saw Kyler Murray last week. They're all going to be on Arizona. So I actually go Seattle here. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with you. I like Seattle, man. I mean, you know that um, uh, they just find a way to win. Uh, You know, a prime example is that last game against Minnesota. Minnesota's in control of the game and somehow some way that, you know, uh, Seattle wins. I I like Seattle a lot. I mean, um, Russell Wilson's a good player, and you know when you got a playmaker like DK Metcalf on the on that, and they've got a good defense too. But th- this is going to be a really, really good game. Uh, I- I'm glad we finally get a good Sunday night game. Man, if Arizona, so this is like these is must see TV from a quarterback perspective, right? Like this is like Russell uh-huh. Wilson, and then like tomorrow's Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray's one of my favorite watches. And I think Russell Wilson is my favorite watch in terms of the quarterback position. Love Lamar, love Mahomes, but I just really like watching Russell Wilson play football just about more than anything else. Um, well, football wise, the guy's a gamer for sure. I mean, he's so, a gamer. So there's some rumblings about Seattle signing Antonio Brown when his suspension is up after week eight. And if they sign him and add one pass rusher, Holy cow, watch out. Seattle is probably a Super Bowl favorite. I think they're already in the conversation. Their defense just kind of stinks. But, man, you had Antonio Brown, and he's a fifth of what he was the last time we saw him on the field for the Patriots. And you get a pass rusher maybe around the trade deadline somewhere in the next two weeks. Watch out. But um, I feel like the world is really just high on Arizona right now. Kyler Murray played awesome last week. Great player. But this feels like a game that's like tied with a few minutes left and Russell Wilson rips their heart out with a touchdown. So I like Seattle here. I have to agree with you all day. I don't know how I miss this. San Francisco and New England. New England kind of got embarrassed last week by the Broncos in a game that ended up 18 to 12. But if you actually watch some of that game, uh, the Broncos really just kind of kicked their ass up and down the field, like really just dominated the game. And it was kind of shocking. Uh, San Francisco looked better last week in a game they had to win against the uh, against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Patriots play two bad games in a row. I think this is a classic Belichick game. 
he preys all over Garoppolo here. I like uh, New England. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, what's the list of quarterbacks that have beaten Belichick? I mean, it's like Eli, uh, Eli. Um, trying to think who else beat the uh, beat the Patriots, but you know it's it's real high class uh, um, quarterbacks that, and you would never think that Drew Locke would be on that list to be one of the quarterbacks to beat uh, a Bill Belichick defense. So, uh, yes, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Monday uh, tape review in uh, Foxborough was pretty awkward, and uh, knowing the personality that Bill Belichick has, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, it was uh, would like to have been a fly on the wall on that on, on that uh, playback. So I, I definitely see New England uh, getting back on track. I mean, you know, um, that, uh, doesn't Cam come back this week? He does. Yeah, so. Cam was back last week. He just didn't look right. Yeah, I, I mean, I really wish that I had another another lock because this is another travel rule, and I know San Francisco is coming off a big win against the Rams, but. You know, um, I, I wouldn't want to uh, to uh, be the next team to play a Bill Belichick team after uh, after a loss. So I like I like the Patriots a lot here for sure. I jumped the shark earlier, but that is the end of Week Seven, Greg. It has flown by. Got to cherish every moment of it again. But uh, this was fun, dude. Glad to be back in rhythm. Like, not, <laughs> no more vacations for me. I'm gonna be locked in watching football all weekend. It's uh, it's gonna be awesome. I'm looking forward to it, dude. Uh, oh, go check him out, LB's University Avenue. You know the drill. Go check him out. Go fry, grill, whatever the hell you want to do this weekend. He's the best place to, yeah, place to do it. Light, um, light a fire on a charcoal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Enjoy it. Absolutely, dude. Uh, same time next week. I'll see you there. Yeah, for sure. And also, uh, we might have a little uh, Breeders' Cup uh, picks. I don't think you probably have no clue what the Breeders' Cup is, but the Breeders' Cup is the Super Bowl of horse racing. So okay, uh, so that's next week. Uh, um, I think it's November. I, I I think it's November sixth and seventh. I'm going. I'm going. So uh, I will be there. Um, oh, so we'll have a fresh cuts maybe live on site, huh? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll. It's yeah, for sure. I um I I have uh, got a couple um uh, I'm got a couple partnerships with uh with some people in Louisville and uh, going up there, and this is going to be my first time at the racetrack so uh, i'm pretty excited about that so uh, but yeah the breeders cup is basically the super bowl so you know of course you have the triple crown with the kentucky derby the belmont and the preakness the breeders cup is basically a worldwide competition where they have multiple races that qualify as a win in your end to the breeders cup and so basically it's going to be Tis the law, Swiss skydiver, authentic, you know, basically all the real high end, you know, two and three and four year olds. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a really good race. So we'll have at least a little small Breeders' Cup preview uh, for all those listeners that hate listening to my horse racing. Got it coming in two weeks live on site at the Breeders' Cup. Lots of big things happening at Fresh Cut. Everybody have a safe and happy weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the weather. Uh, be sure to check out our post-game pod Saturday afternoon. Colin and I back in the saddle after a week off last week. But uh, appreciate everybody listening and have a great weekend. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.